0: Welcome to The Fully Lived Life, a podcast for those who are longing to pursue the full life and want to break free from anything that holds them back. Listen in as two friends, a psychologist, Dr. Mary, and a life coach, Jillian, talk about life, love, and purpose through the lens of faith, science, psychology, and life experiences.
1: Oh, hello, Mary. Hey, Jillian. How are you doing today? Ah, you know what? The self-compassion test <laughs> uh, Could you put your Dr. Mary hat on and just okay. like all right Seriously, I actually, I kind of knew because I'm, I'm growing in my self-awareness And mm-hmm. I know where I'm very hard on myself and harsh with myself yeah. So yeah, it was like hard to do Yeah, I know, uh, I know Okay, well, well, we'll get to that We'll get to that So how are you doing, my friend? I'm doing good. Like,
0: yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm doing well. A little bit distracted, if I were to be honest.
1: Okay. <laughs> so, uh, is there a reason that you're distracted?
0: Well, I'm getting emails coming in. You know, oh, of the yeah. problem with having all these devices going is yes. that. I, okay, I've got four devices here. I've got yeah. two computers. My iPad with our notes, and then my phone off to this side, so I know it's ridiculous. I have it all turned off, although it took me a while to figure out how to turn off the notifications so listeners. have you heard some dinging going on i've I, I think i figured that out, so i I'm a little distracted because of that. I've got this project looming that is going to be fun to do, but
1: yeah, so. yeah, so you got stuff in your mind, and yes, I have to be we're pleasant. juggling all these things, and yes and actually um. You know, I had a little disappointment, well, actually a major disappointment. So Mm
2: -hmm.
1: um, I was supposed to have gone to B.C. to visit my son. Yeah. And uh, with the things that are going on in Alberta, because we were going to be traveling from B.C., uh, doing a road trip into Alberta, Mm -hmm. you know, with Mm -hmm. the COVID situation there. And my son got COVID. (gasps) Ah, yes. So um, our plans, you know, got thwarted. So I'm quite disappointed because I was seeing myself in the mountains as this, you know, awesome hiker with my epic backgrounds of mountains and lakes and trees. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I love nature. So I'm feeling a little bit bummed out that that didn't happen.
0: Yeah. No. you know, when I heard the news that that trip was canceled, I felt really, really sad for you because it just feels like one more disappointment upon another disappointment. Yeah. Because this year has been, well, this past year and a half has been cancellations, disappointments yeah. and all that. Like, how do you stay optimistic
1: in all of that and yeah. focus like on if, joy and all that? It's tricky. And... Do we look forward to things, mm. you know, with this kind of bated breath, like if they happen? Exactly. Like I love anticipation. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I've I've shared this with our listeners before. My sister Helena, mm-hmm. uh, when she was little, she anticipation was tishapishin. Yeah, that's so right. and we always say there's too much tishapishin, like when we're that's anticipating right. things. That's right. So I quite love anticipating things. I like yes. looking forward to things. Mm-hmm. Um It kind of keeps me going sometimes. So this was a big disappointment. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, not getting to see my kid and his beautiful wife and spend time with them and their new kitten, who's a real laugh riot. They've got Mm -hmm. this new little kitten named Bilbo, who... What a great name. I I love mischievous animals. And this cat is hysterical. So Mm -hmm. I miss him too, you know yeah no, I hear you, so it's, listeners, you know tough. we're we're in
0: this together, man. And yeah. um, we know it's not been easy. We know it continues to be difficult you know anticipating good things and them not happening or things going unexpectedly like i know a lot of you have your kids in school and you're just kind yeah. of waiting with bated breath whether they're going to have to stay home and because there's an outbreak or whatever it might be so like this is this whole thing about self compassion comes at the perfect time it does for how we can be resilient to handle the realities of life, the ups and downs and how we can still stay hopeful and connected, but also tender towards ourselves when we need that soothing. Like I hope you had a good, like, whether it's a hot bath, glass of wine, whatever it is that you
1: need to do to soothe yourself. I hope you're able to do that. And you're continuing to be able to do that. I was able to get a few days away at my sister's cottage up in Tobermory. Amazing. Good. uh, Glad. Yeah. I I took some beautiful meals up. Um, You know, we had a wood fire going. I read a new book. I took long walks. Mm -hmm. I got wet. So Mm -hmm. it was all good, but not the same. Right. But Okay. The other thing too, is I think part of resilience is
0: to say that I can tolerate disappointment. Like I wouldn't want you to miss out on the joy of anticipation, which by the way, they have found that before a, a good event, uh, it's the anticipation yeah. to it. It's the actual event. And then it's the memories yes. that you can reflect on. Like that's the whole entire arc of the experience. And you want to like, enjoy all of that. So don't, Be afraid of disappointment. It's hard, but it's not worth shutting yourself down by saying, I'm not going to let myself anticipate anything because it might go away anyway.
1: That's right. So all that said, we're going to dive into part two of this idea of um, perfectionism, and we're going to talk a little bit about anxiety today. Mm -hmm. Um, And I want to unpack that with you, Mary, because... Uh, In Brene Brown's book, she talks about the connection between shame and perfectionism, Mm -hmm. and um, we talked a little bit about that in our previous episode, but I want to also, she talks about shame being the root of perfectionism. Mm-hmm. And I want to dig into this idea of anxiety now, because I know that's a big word. And again, mm-hmm. with perfectionism, anxiety is also a loaded word. It And is. it can be a, lo- a word that we run from and a word that we don't actually want to address. Right. Or we can say, I don't deal with anxiety. Right. Right? Or I don't have any anxiety. So could you tell me a little bit about what the difference between worry and anxiety might be.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, first of all, can I answer the question about anxiety? That yeah. if we're honest with ourselves, 100% of us deal with anxiety. It just may not feel like anxiety because we've labeled it something else. We've labeled yeah. it caution. We've labeled it whatever, but we all do. And we also all worry. And worry is just the act of anticipating something that possibly could go wrong and uh, spending some time thinking about it. So anxiety and worry are just natural parts of being human because mm-hmm. you come into this world as a child and at certain point you start to realize, shoot, bad things happen. And yeah. Things don't go the way that I like, and we can feel a whole host of negative emotions. And that's all natural human responses. Um, Anxiety itself was actually designed in our bodies to gear us up to respond to possible danger or situations we have to solve or problems that need to be resolved. I mean, that's part of what anxiety does for us. So when we dismiss that we are experiencing anxiety, we're actually avoiding looking at things that need to be addressed. And so perfectionism, often, you know, when I say to people, tell me about some of your weaknesses, you know, when I do interviewing, they'll say things like, oh, I work too hard, or I do struggle with perfectionism, as if it's a badge (laughs) to say, look how great I actually am, when really what you ought to be saying is, I can get anxious when things don't go according to plan. I can get anxious when my work isn't up to some standard. That's being honest because then you can respond in a way that's actually helpful for you.
1: Good. That's good stuff. Okay. Yeah. And I do like this idea that uh, Brene Brown talks about anxiety as kind of being a spectrum, mm-hmm. right? There's, there's worry. Yeah. There's kind of general anxiety. Mm-hmm. And then there's like anxiety disorders. Right. Right. right, And I think sometimes because we've identified that we don't have an anxiety disorder, mm. we've determined we don't have anxiety.
0: Exactly. Exactly. Right? Yeah. And anxiety plays out in so many different ways in our life that we're just calling something else.
1: Of course. Yeah. yeah. And I think uh, going back to our previous episode, um, a lot of it, our anxiety uh, is also about the standard that we've imagined.
2: Mm-hmm. So
1: when we talk about the standards that we're trying to live up to um, or we're putting on others, are they imagined? Mm -hmm. Are they implied Mm -hmm. by someone else? Or are they historical? Right. Like, have we been raised in a family where those standards are set, right? Mm -hmm. Or are they they imagined because of social media? You know, when I... When I walk into the kitchen and my kitchen's a disaster Mm -hmm. and I'm making macaroni and cheese for dinner instead of Mm -hmm. some beautiful meal in my gorgeous kitchen, like, is that causing me like this anxiety about who I am? Right. Is it causing how I'm showing up in the world, what kind of person I am? Right. I think it, that's a that really good back question. To the
0: conclusions that people are making when they feel anxious. Yeah, if I, if, you know, you talked about the spectrum of anxiety from what all of us experience to where it becomes a disorder. And when we talk about disorders because it affects the ability of the person to cope with day-to-day life responsibilities. But if I can sort of talk a little bit about what's happening as we're experiencing anxiety, that mm-hmm. it's a physiological response, it's actually a gift in its original intent. So anxiety is we face a perceived possible danger or a situation that needs addressing. Our body gets flooded with adrenaline to be able to gear ourselves up to deal with it. We ha- our, our thinking is sharper, our responses are faster. All these good things are happening in our body so that we can address the thing. The yeah. challenge is with chronic anxiety, when that is the constant response, we start to see danger and things that aren't actually dangerous. So we become sort of hypervigilant. And then the early stages of anxiety, it's fine. Our body can tolerate it. But over time, when we're constantly hypervigilant and always responding as if there's danger, it begins to wear away at our body. So that's part of the challenge with anxiety. One of the strategies to think about, and I'm digressing a little bit, but I think... Yeah, no, go ahead. Yeah, is that if you recognize that you've had the surge of anxiety, it's happening, you don't really have control over at that point, it's happening. So you, you kind of have to do a couple of things. One is you have to tell your body you're safe. And it could be as simple as we've talked about the happiness hacks. If you don't remember that podcast, go back and listen to it. Simply going for a walk, going for exercise, hugging your child, petting your dog, things to tell your body that, okay, you're not in danger. So that's one thing. The other thing you can do is actually take your anxiety and um, take advantage of that surge that's happening and turn it into more, if you label it, excitement. So it's it's like you're taking that energy, you're going uh, excitement to be able to do well on this thing, face that fear, you know, challenge myself. Um, Adam Grant has done some research around that. Oh, yeah. He's found that to be very, very effective. Anyway, all that to say is that if we can learn to identify that we have anxiety or have anxious moments and to then make friends with our anxiety, it can actually help us. If we don't and we ignore it and we avoid it, it can start to harm us. It can start to hold us back. Yeah, And I think perfectionism is one of those great areas to identify where we might have anxiety in our life.
1: Uh, it's so good, Mary. And I think, you know, when you talk, sometimes I get like a visual picture in my head as you're talking. Yeah. And I was thinking about, um, you know, I was watching the wildfires in B.C. this year mm-hmm. and how people have a few moments notice Mm-hmm. They know the fires are coming,
2: mm-hmm.
1: but they have a few moments to pack their car and get out. Right. And how razor sharp mm-hmm. that anxiety when it kicks in. Mm-hmm. Y- your priorities are pretty sharp right away. Yes. Yes. Right. Yeah. You mm-hmm. you get your pets, you get your kids, you get your you know your passports and your valuables, and jump in the car and go. The rest doesn't matter. So it Mm -hmm. makes you laser sharp. Mm -hmm. Um, So I like this idea that we can take the anxiety and we can use it for something beneficial. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So clearly we can train ourselves to do that. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And and one of the questions I would ask people or one of the um, suggestions I would is for people to start to pay attention to when anxiety is showing up. So you talk about worrying. So what do you worry about? Yeah. Like, what do you spend a lot of your time mulling over in your mind? And is it helpful thinking? Yeah. If it's not, and it's just round and round and
1: round, then you're probably worrying. That's right. Good. Okay. So can we talk a little bit about radical generosity and radical graciousness Mm. to ourselves? Love that. To combat anxiety and worry. Mm -hmm. And so I'm just going to, Uh, identify a few things that I think we can camp on for a few minutes. Okay. Can we identify the inner critic Mm -hmm. that's going wild Mm. when we're struggling with worry or anxiety? Yeah. Yeah. Because I know my inner critic is off the chart. (laughs) Right, Um, and I did. We both did the self-compassion test that we we talked about in the previous episode. And quite frankly, I kind of knew what my uh, answers were going to be in advance, Mm -hmm. Um, and I wasn't disappointed. (laughs) (laughs) Well, there you go. You anticipated, and you weren't disappointed. Awesome. I turned my anxiety into anticipation. So um, tell, tell us what happened. What, oh, how gosh. did you score? Come on. Okay. Hang on. I got to bring it up here. Yeah. Um, okay. Like, my overall score was 2.07. Right. And so uh, I'm just reading the scoring here that yeah. if you're, it's a
0: scale of one to five and a scale of around three means you're kind of
1: average. Right. So uh, you're below average. I'm below average, but. And your self compassion. Right. But then when I look at my self judgment. Whoa. Uh, it's pretty high. Yeah. Like not high isn't good. Uh-huh. <laughs> high is as I'm a little bit of an overachiever in that one. Well, and, you know. Um, you know, we over- have standards. Over, <laughs> you betcha. I got really <laughs> high standards. And over identification was high as, as well as isolation.
0: What's over-identification? Remind me.
1: Um, Over-identification was, um, oh my goodness. I'm putting you on the spot. I know. Well, well, I know the isolation
0: is how you withdraw when you're feeling like, uh, you you feel like lonely and on your own when you feel like you've
1: messed up. Okay. Well, over-identification indicate less self-compassion. So I'm... I've got less self-compassion overall all that. I'm not, I'm over-identifying with things externally. Ah, okay. Gotcha. And, and owning them. Right. So yeah. Dang. So, so if you did this listeners, um, yikes, mm-hmm. uh, there might be some ouchies there for you, or maybe you know yourself well enough and you go, yeah, I'm not surprised. That's something I really need to work on. Right.
0: Right. And uh, again, the whole idea of identifying your areas of growth is for growth. Exactly. Not to then beat yourself up. Oh man, no. I really suck at self-compassion. Ugh. It's yeah. like okay, well, I could learn
1: to do better in self-compassion for sure. That's right. So when we're talking about radical graciousness and radical mm-hmm. generosity, when we identify our inner critic, which is like, oh yeah, of course, I suck at that. Mm-hmm. Um, what are the areas of focus of our inner critic? Like mm-hmm. what? Like that was a really good exercise because. Do I isolate myself when I'm not meeting a standard? Do I over-identify with something as the cause of it? Mm -hmm. Um, Am I harsh on myself? Mm -hmm. So I can look at that inner critic and go, oh, this is really explaining some areas that I really need to grow in. Right. Um, Are you a bully to yourself? Uh,
0: Exactly. Like, do you say things to yourself that you would never say to another human being? That's right. How many times do you call yourself stupid or idiot? That's right. You wouldn't Imagine somebody saying that to your kids.
1: Oh, well. Exactly. Mess with with the grandma. Exactly. And meanwhile, you say it to yourself. Yeah. So are you a bully to yourself, calling Mm. yourself names, demeaning yourself, setting impossible bars to achieve? Yeah. Like. What is the thinking behind this inner critic? Are you mm-hmm. falsely believing that self-criticism is a way of self-improvement? Hmm. Right? Like, we saw this in some parenting when the, the parent is overly critical towards, towards the child, thinking that all this correction is for their good, it's for their benefit. Right. They're going to grow with correction. Well, right. uh, that doesn't work.
0: Yeah. Yeah. There's a scene that comes to mind. It's a very, very old movie. It's called The Joy Luck Club. One of my all-time yeah. favorites. And there's a scene where the mother is criticizing her food, because in the Asian culture, that's what you do. And she's intending that she's going to get people go, no, 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 this is delicious. But what happens was the daughter's boyfriend ends up going, oh no, no, no. you just need to put some soy sauce. And the whole f- everyone goes. <gasps> Anyway, all that to say is a lot of times for me, when I criticize myself, it's actually to protect myself against the possibility that somebody else is going to criticize me because
1: I'm already on top of it. I bingo, bango, bongo. Yeah. Because if, if you come to my house unannounced. Yeah. And my house is a mess. What's the first thing out of my mouth? My house is oh. a mess. My house is a mess. I haven't had, I'm going to, I'm going to call out my stuff before you get a chance to. Exactly. I, it's a preemptive move. That's
0: right. To protect myself from feeling yeah. criticized and shamed. Yeah. But we actually are making ourselves feel shame because chances are the person wasn't going to say that, wasn't
1: even noticing that. No, that's right. <sighs> and we're just, we're just going around pointing out all our flaws so that they don't see them. That's right. Right. And And then we're drawing attention to them. Well, and not just that, we
0: are diminishing. Like when I'm giving you, okay,
1: I'm going to call you on this. Uh (laughs)
0: Uh-oh. The number of times I've given you a compliment. I know. And you've pushed it away by saying something negative in response. Like, to be honest, it hurts me because I'm genuinely wanting to give you this affirmation. And it's like it's gone into some sort of,
1: you know, void. Uh, yeah, it's gone into the cyberspace. Yeah, I know yeah. I, I get that. And I thank you for calling me out on that because it is yeah. something I have to work on for sure. Yeah, mm-hmm. Right. And that starts with this radical generosity towards myself mm-hmm. where I can receive compliments. Yeah. Even if I don't feel them, mm-hmm. I can receive them for others because you feel it towards right. me. Right, right. Right? Yeah. And... Um, Oops, sorry, I just lost my page here. Uh, So this idea of the inner critic, so call it out. Mm -hmm. Um, If you criticize somebody else, does it motivate them or does it cause them to shut down? Well, of course, it causes them to shut down. Mm -hmm. So you're causing your own self to shut down when you're doing this bullying action on yourself. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's kind of like a self-flagellation, right? It is. It is. Yeah. So... What generous words could I use towards myself when I mess up? Mm -hmm. Well, we've owned some of that with our technical stuff. We're learning as we go. It's not perfect. And there's a scramble behind the scenes. And Mm -hmm. you and I talk about it pre-podcast, like (laughs) the amount of effort we're putting into all these cords and plugins, but we're learning. Yes. This is a thing I didn't know about, and I'm learning it. Exactly. And I'm kind of getting better every week. And it doesn't
0: have to be perfect. No. So I'm trying not to be distracted by the fact that the camera on this particular computer is kind of like continues to adjust the light. So I go dark and light.
1: You know, it's okay. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So what generous words could I use towards myself and... Can I affirm myself in my growth? Yeah. You know what? That souffle didn't turn out, but I tried something new. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure uh, the next time, you know, I'll, I'll. It'll be better. Or maybe it still tastes good. Maybe it flopped, but it still tastes good. Exactly. Uh, Whatever it is, if we're learning a new language or we're trying a new thing or we're risking in a relationship, Mm -hmm. we can affirm ourselves and be compassionate towards ourselves and generous with our words and thoughts towards ourselves. I love that. I love that. Just the way we want to be with another human being. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Can we identify the areas that we're especially hard on ourselves? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so step back. Notice any themes. Notice when you're deflecting the compliment. Mm-hmm. Notice when you're laughing something off or mocking yourself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Or yeah. calling out your imperfections publicly mm-hmm. before to shield yourself. Um, what What am I doing that for? Mm-hmm. Get yeah. realistic with your expectations of yourself and others.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Are is the yeah. bar just way too high?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Remember what we've talked about before. Integration is not perfection. No. Nope. It's often coming to terms with this level of self-acceptance and compassion that uh, it is what it is. I am human. Uh, I have my strengths and my weaknesses and I can bear both of them because that's part of being human. And that's yeah. that's part of like when I can now not get so bent out of shape about the weaknesses or the, my mistakes and just continue to say, I'm, I'm
1: growing. I'm learning. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And cutting yourself some slack. Cutting yourself so, some slack. Exactly. Yeah. Notice any language that is always, mm-hmm. never, and should. Yeah. Notice when you're saying those things or thinking those things. Mm-hmm. Or you're saying them about somebody else. You never. You always. Mm-hmm. Right? Or you should. The should, yeah.
0: I, I always wanted to get a t-shirt that says should with a big round X
1: out of it. I agree. Yeah. And the should should look like a pile of poop. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Practice self-care, giving yourself a break. Yeah. Um, would I say these things that I've just said to myself, to a loved one? We just talked about that. Mm-hmm. And remember, we're on a progress path, not a perfection path.
0: Yeah. Mm
1: -hmm. ease the timelines and practice patience with yourself. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about um, how to overcome this idea of uh, perfectionist tendencies and with the anxiety behind it. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. Can you talk to us a little bit about uh, the standards that we set that induce anxiety where we might need to relax things a little bit and question that? I think
0: if we can start to, again, pay attention to where anxiety shows up in our body, uh, in our emotions, and in our thoughts, uh, we can start to then track what are the themes that are coming up. And as we track the themes, we can then identify, like, what are the standards associated with these themes? And Are these standards realistic? Are they even actually part of what I value in my life? Is this what I want my life to stand for, a clean kitchen? Or do I want my life to be more about connection and relationships, right? So, you know, identify, like, like this, again, is a journey. So, like, start to identify where you might have anxious thoughts, where you might actually feel anxiety in your emotions and in your body. If you can start with that and then keep a, a journal of it. Um, a good friend of ours, she's actually, uh, her name is Julie Marquis, and she's got something that is called a daily, oh, you're not going to be able to see this, but it looks like this. And oh, it's so good. Daily Bullet Journal. And, you know, you could go on her website, Uh, juliemarquis.com and just purchase it, or you can just do it for yourself. And what she's trying to help people do is a daily tracking of my thoughts, my behavior, my feelings, and then starting to see if there's any themes that's coming up. So if you can do that, then you can start to see what might be happening that's spurring on the anxiety and the perfectionism. And you can learn to take that anxiety, which is a natural human response, like I said, and start to use it for good in your life rather than to hold you back or for bad.
1: Yeah. yeah. I love that. And I would affirm that uh, the resources from Julie Marquis. And I've I've seen her practice that in her own life. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I know it comes out of her own not only her own education and her practice, but also her own practice of doing this. Yeah.
0: And she's Fantastic. got a ton of free resources on her website. So we'll yep. put her um, her website on the show notes awesome. so that uh, you can uh, look that up and just get some free resources. But the main thing is, like I said, to be starting to track and notice, recognize, own it, and then you can start to make the shifts once you identify what you're dealing with.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I think that um, I'm going to uh, just flip back to my BC trip um, mm. cancellation mm-hmm. so one of the things I was noticing about myself as we were getting closer to the time where we had to make a decision about whether to go or not right? was um, I was back to not sleeping well mm. I was uh, back to kind of worst case scenario thinking mm-hmm. um, and I had to I caught myself a couple of times going, oh, you're really stressed out about this. Right. Like you're, you're dealing with a lot of anxiety about this. Right. You're not, you're not facing it. Mm-hmm. You're trying to massage it, fix it, control it. Mm-hmm. And um, so one day I just took myself out for a coffee. I went to Starbucks. I sat in the parking lot. Went, what are you anxious about? Right. And I just started to name it out loud. Well, you're watching the news with the news that's going on in Alberta. Mm-hmm. you're watching the case counts go up mm-hmm. your plans have changed now because the dream of the vacation you had is being switched right um we had oh I mean we had a bunch of difficulties with getting a rental car and stuff like that and there were sort of all these blocks mm-hmm. and so i was in my mind i had this perfect trip planned right and it was not meeting up to that standard mm. And so we actually sat, my husband and I sat down that afternoon and we're like, okay, it's not this anymore. Exactly. Oh, that's so good. It is not reality. It is no longer this. Mm -hmm. So what is it? Like, Mm. what could we make it be that Mm. would meet? What were the goals of the trip? Right. Visit our son and Mm daughter-in-law, have time alone. Yeah. And do a bit of a road trip. Right. Can we still achieve those? Yes. Mm Mm-hmm. And so we worked through that. And then, of course, my son got sick. Mm-hmm. So, so anyway, I think it was really good for us to just go, why am I feeling anxiety? And identify what I dreamed of and what was actually happening were not materializing. And mm-hmm. I was struggling with disappointment. Right.
0: Yeah. And it's amazing when you give yourself self-compassion and you accept like you said, the radical, what was it? Radical, radical graciousness. generosity
1: and radical graciousness.
0: Yeah. And just to kind of be okay with all those feels that you have because you're human. Yeah. And to kind of let that sit. And then, of course, out of that, you made good choices for yourself to yeah. how do I take good care of myself? How do I um, regroup and think about? how we can achieve our goals in different ways, which you talked about going to your sister's cottage, yeah. where you were able to so, spend time with, in nature
1: with your husband and all those kind cool of things. Yes. And so we were able to go, what we did was we looked at the big picture. What were we trying to achieve? Mm-hmm. Then we thought, okay, what obstacles are we bumping up against? Right. How is this shifting? And then we went to the next thing, which was compromising. Right. We had to compromise two or three times, too, because Mm -hmm. it kept shifting, and we went to a compromise. Was it what we originally intended? No. Mm -hmm. Was it great? Yes. Yeah.
0: Ah, well, thank you for sharing that. That's a really great example, a real-life example of what happens uh, in how we can identify, give ourselves self-compassion, track, shift, and then uh, decide... Differently for yourself. All of those things are really important strategies. So thanks for sharing. I think listeners, if you can uh, go back to the basics of identifying and admitting that you do have anxiety, as we all do, and trying to identify the areas that it may uh, come up, what worries you may have, what feelings in your body, I think that's a really great place to start and that can help you then uh, begin to identify themes. Now, if you're finding that it is beyond your ability to handle or identify, please get some help. Uh, Anxiety is very treatable. Uh, Not, as I always say, that we're trying to get rid of it or eradicate it because that's impossible and it's actually getting rid of your humanity, but it's feeling a sense of confidence that I can cope And I am resilient and I can get through whatever difficulty I'm getting through. So if that's the case for you, where you feel overwhelmed by the thought of even looking at your anxiety, please get help.
1: Don't do this alone. Right. Absolutely. And I would say for a life coaching tip, um, what are the standards you've set for yourself? Yeah. Are those standards real or Mm -hmm. are they historical? Yeah. Oh, Have you inherited those standards? Oh, Good. How did you come to set those standards or were they set for you? Mm -hmm. Yes. And what is a more realistic set of standards that you want to live by? Not you have to live by, but you choose to live by. Your values. And in your ideal world, what standards would really matter and which ones would be meh? Right.
0: Yes. Love that. And. If you have written your manifesto that we talked about at the end of last season, and the beginning of this season, uh, go back and look at that because your values are invested in that or embedded in that. If you haven't written already, this may be a good time for you to start to jot notes about things that are important to you related to how you actually want to live your life and to actually call out those false standards that you don't want to live your life by. Awesome. Awesome. Thanks for tuning good in. That was a All good one. right. All right. Take that care. was a good one. Yeah. All right. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Fully Lived Life podcast. We hope you found it encouraging and helpful. Be sure to follow or subscribe so that you never miss a new episode. And if you enjoyed our show, please help spread the word by sharing with your friends and family and posting on your social media. Thanks for listening and tune in to our next episode.